Jesus, why are you sitting and eating and talking with those tax collectors and sinners? That's what the Pharisees are saying. And that's a good question. Why would you be talking to those people who are outcasts and people who aren't following the rules and are doing bad things? Well, Jesus knows their heart. And we're going to talk about that this week. We're also going to talk about the highlight titled The Chasm in Week 10 of the Luke Journal. And a lot of fire and brimstone teachers like to talk about it. But we're going to go a little bit deeper than what they are talking about. Let's dive in. Our vision is to give every baseball player around the world the opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, respond to the message, and grow in the relationship with Jesus Christ. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. This is the Training for an Eternal Crown podcast with Full Count Ministries. Luke chapter 15 ends with the parable of the prodigal son, which we didn't talk a lot about last week, but it is a super important story and one that the church talks about a lot. It's a staple parable of Jesus and what he teaches because it, ta- it tells us a whole lot about the character of who God is and who we are and the world that we live in. So we like to put ourselves in the position of the prodigal son a lot of the times because we see ourselves like that. We, we stray, we wander off, and God, the Father, welcomes us in. He not only welcomes us, he's definitely not shaking his head and... Um, so shaking his head and, you know, like saying, I told you so, kind of, uh, like we would see uh, some people doing to us in the world. But he, he girds up his loins is what the scripture says. That's a, um, a way of tying your tunic up. And a lot of men did that when they were going into battle. But, you know, the, the father is doing this so he can run to his son. So he's kind of humiliating himself in a way that's not a thing that men would do at that time but he runs to the sun puts his arm around him and prepares a feast for him he loves on him instead of uh you know bashes him for what he just did but the but the pharisees are in this story as well and uh so the reason that jesus is telling us this story is because the tax collectors and sinners are the people that he's eating with and the Pharisees are saying hey why are you doing this you're you're eating with uh, these unclean people they're nasty people and Jesus is kind of he is kind of I mean in the picture of the prodigal son that story he is the father that is running to these people and uh, putting himself out there for these people to come back to him And he's welcoming them in. And the Pharisees are that brother that are jealous. They've been, quote, doing the right things. Uh, I mean, their heart's not right, but uh, they're doing the surface level things. A lot of them are being, uh, they're jealous of the tax collectors and sinners for being welcomed in to the kingdom work that Jesus is doing at the time. Jesus says in Luke 16 that God knows your hearts. This is, this is interesting because Jesus, is, Jesus says, or the, Luke actually writes in here, and Jesus knows that 
the Pharisees loved money. And that is chapter 16, verses 14. And that is just a terrible, terrible place for this society to be in. That the leadership, the religious leaders in that time period loved money over loving God and loving people. And this puts the whole society and structure uh, in a very, very dark, terrible place. And Jesus is turning everything upside down by meeting with tax collectors and sinners, people that are uh, willing to come to him, just are aching. This, this, The people of this time are really, really struggling spiritually. And Jesus is there and he's bringing the kingdom. He's bringing light. Uh, and so many good things are happening, but the Pharisees are missing it. And so Jesus, he gives a warning to people against loving money in the world over loving God and loving people. And Jesus is turning everything upside down. And what's so great about this chapter is that it talks about the kingdom um, and what Jesus is doing and welcome people back in and throwing his arms around them. But he, he gives uh, this Luke gives a story about the, the lepers. You see, lepers were in another category uh, different than the tax collectors and sinners, but they were in a you know a category where they were left out of the society because of their physical ailment. Uh, it might not have been uh, what they've done, but a lot of people did view that being a punishment for what they have done. Uh, they they thought that you know God would send leprosy to a person that had broken commandments, had done something wrong. So they were in that same kind of category as tax collectors and sinners. And these are people that have been totally thrown out of society and forgotten about. The priests and Levites, if you can imagine, I mean, you you know the hearts of them at this point, that they love money over God and people, and they don't really care about the people. They just care about getting their self right uh, with God, they uh, are all into checking the boxes, feeling like they're they're right with God by doing the right things. But Jesus is looking at the heart. They don't care about these lepers, but Jesus does. I mean, we know that because he goes to them and says, okay, go to the priests. And when you do, show yourself to the priests, you'll be healed. So in an act of faith, they start walking to the priest and they're healed because of their faith one has uh just really really great faith he goes back to jesus and i mean throws himself at the feet of jesus and thanks him for what he does and jesus is asking where the others are but he doesn't know he's just thankful that he is there with jesus it's showing us a picture of who jesus is he is the pre the high priest that hebrews talks about if you go and read that in Hebrews, Jesus is our high priest in the order of Melchizedek. This is a foreshadowing of what Jesus is going to do when he raises from the dead and goes into heaven and intercedes for us and is our high priest in heaven. He, he, he starts in the direction of an earthly priest but goes into the presence of the, the priest, the high priest that, that we have now. 
So I think that's just a beautiful picture. You need to read that and then also read about how Jesus talks about the kingdom and how we can enter it now, but also how we should be preparing ourselves because he's going to be coming again like a thief in the night. Um, I thought about the parable of the ten virgins when I when I read this in Matthew 25, um, verses 1 through 13. You can go read that if you want to. But um, he talks about how, you know, knowing the flood came so abruptly and uh, people will be uh, grinding at the mill or working in the field and they'll be taken. Things are going to happen really quickly and we need to be prepared for that. So there's just a whole lot going on here and how Jesus is revealing the kingdom to the people who are listening to him and in what he's doing and he's healing people and casting out demons and doing some kingdom work. Um, but in all this, you know, the people are still confused. They don't understand that, like it says in these couple chapters, that Jesus has to suffer many things before uh, things are fulfilled. They don't understand what why a Messiah would suffer. I mean, wasn't the Messiah supposed to come and deliver them from this occupation and uh, really set everything right in the world and reign on a throne? No, I mean, the disciples didn't understand this all the way up until he died and came back to life. This was just, this was turning everything on its head. And what Jesus get, leaves us in the end of these couple chapters is the the story of the persistent widow and unjust judge that even the persistent widow that she keeps coming to this unjust judge over and over and over and he finally gives her what uh what uh he uh, he doesn't care about uh even an unjust judge would do that why wouldn't a like a father in heaven that loves us that will run to us he he'll definitely do that if we start if we come to him with with our with faith and and believe that he can he can do uh, anything he wants to do and that he's a good God most of all so Jesus teaches us a lot about himself the kingdom um, in the midst of just such a corrupt time period with um, just all the things that are going on in the world at that time people didn't understand what a a suffering Messiah would do uh, to to the world and they didn't believe that that was the way things would, would go down <laughs> so that they could have life. And uh, what Jesus is saying at the end here is just don't give up. Keep praying. Keep asking. And it's going to happen. Um, you keep pressing on. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heal this land. I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. And it's all going to be okay. I've got it under control. Just trust me. All right, guys, let's look at the week 10 highlight just real quick. Uh, I want you to be able to read through this and talk about it in your D groups the way that you want to. This is a really tough passage uh, for new Christians and guys that are looking uh, on the outside into the faith and want to know more about what we believe. And Jesus is very, very honest with the Pharisees and the people he's teaching, the disciples, um, how this is all going to go down.
the you know in eternity. Uh, we're looking at Luke sixteen nineteen through thirty one, and you can go read that right now if you want to. You can go ahead and pause it. But one thing that I thought about with this chapter, uh, it, it brought me back again to Matthew twenty five when Jesus is talking about the sheep and the goats, how there's going to be a great separation. And this is all throughout the New Testament, as you probably know, uh, with the wheat and the tares and uh, other passages as well, that he's going to separate um, in, into two groups, the ones that um, are going to be you know, burned in the fire, are thrown out, and the ones that he draws to himself. And one thing that I thought about is this part in Scripture where he talks about the sheep and the goats in Matthew 25, starting in verse 36. I just want to read it right here. I need I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And this is Jesus talking to the people. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when do we see you hungry and, and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did uh, for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he goes on to talk about the people who didn't take care of him. and And they're like, Where did we see you, Jesus? We would have taken care of you, but we didn't see you. We saw that guy that had uh, leprosy. We didn't want to take care of him. Um, yeah, we didn't see you, Jesus. We would have we would have taken care of you. See, it's it's so messed up. This culture was so messed up. We thought uh, it's just amazing how evil and you know bad our hearts are left to ourselves um so we get to this parable of the rich man and lazarus and the rich man had every opportunity to help lazarus but he doesn't and the roles are reversed in eternity the rich man is suffering and lazarus is receiving good things because he was in need in his his life before death but he wasn't helped. And this is pretty straightforward uh, for anybody who's reading this. Um, and the focus really shouldn't be on ourselves. And, oh man, I've got to take care of the poor because if I don't, then I'm going to hell. The focus is not us. It is. It should be on the person that needs help. And when we read this, it's going to be, if we're, if we're not in tune with the Holy Spirit, if we don't have the Holy Spirit in our life, in our heart, if Jesus is not in our heart and working through us, then we're just going to have to be reminded about this over and over and over because we're going to forget. That's just how our mind works. Uh, we're going to forget about the poor. We're going to forget about the sick. We're going to forget that this person or this person needs help or needs to be prayed for. But if it's a matter of the heart, like Jesus is trying to get to all along, then it's gonna, he's going to work through us. Do I have to be reminded by a teacher, uh, a preacher, uh, over and over again to read Matthew 25 to me or to read Luke 16 to me um, and have that kind of scare tactic of where 
people who don't follow Jesus go and where people who follow Jesus and take care of the poor go. I really hope that the gospel is more than that, that we see that Christ was a sacrifice and that God gave up his life for us and that we can be that sacrifice as well in everyday life. And we can try to recognize those needs in everyday life, the people that are around us that are in need of, you know, the physical things, but also to just share our life with. The rich man obviously didn't care about anybody else but himself. But as we know about the life of Jesus and what he's doing in his ministry throughout all 16 chapters now of his life that he cared for people. He, you know, took time to, to go to the lepers, to sit and talk with tax collectors and sinners, to even meet with the Pharisees who were so hard-headed and didn't want, uh, didn't want Jesus at face value. And he, they thought that his ministry was a hoax and he was, this this demon, even accused as a demon. But Jesus lived for people. Jesus has given us an obvious example of the rich man who didn't care about anybody but himself. And Jesus is saying, we've got one shot. And if you're not going to listen to the prophets, if you're not going to listen to me, then this is it. This is life, and this is what I'm calling you to do. I'm ca- calling you to care for people just like you've seen me do throughout my whole ministry up until now, that I care for people. I I have gone out to the, the sickest of the sick, the lepers that are forgotten about, and um, I'm drawing all these lost sheep to myself because they are mine, and I love them, and I want you to love other people like I am loving you. And when you care for the least of these, you're caring for me because that's how close and dear and near they are to me. So let's take an inventory this week uh, of our life and see who needs help. Who is somebody in your life that you can help this week tangibly, that you can go to them and say, hey, I recognize this need. Can I help you with this? I think it'll be, I think it'll go a long way. And it's exactly what Jesus is calling us to do. So. Guys, this is some heavy stuff this week. I hope that you can really draw the ear of your D groups this week and really try to ask the Holy Spirit to transform your guys or your group from the inside out. Love you guys. Reach out. Uh, Please send uh, the other guys some encouragement through the public messaging thread in the app. And can't wait to get back on and to talk through the next couple chapters in Luke. So love you guys. And I say this every week, but I hope you have a great week. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Training for an Eternal Crown podcast. You can visit our website for more resources and also find this podcast on all major platforms. 
Full Count Ministries exists to create disciples using the game of baseball. We are a non-profit ministry, and if you have benefited from this resource, we would encourage you to consider donating to the cause to reach every baseball player with the gospel, giving them the opportunity to respond to the gospel, and then to grow in the relationship with Jesus. Please like, subscribe, and share this podcast so that you can play a part in accomplishing the mission that God has put on our hearts for baseball players around the globe.